and treat music. Da, 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 da. It's the Bob and Josh show. We should just do that. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll steal that. No, no, for, no, no, for our video intro. No, no. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay, okay. Oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. Bob is fired up. We were talking about topics this morning. We were a little back and forth, and then you got this, like, demon glow in your eye that you get when you're fired up about stuff. Well, it needs to be be clarified, and very often you help me clarify something. Mm -hmm. So I'm pissed off, yes, and I'm fired up, yes, about a topic. But I don't know how pissed off or fired up I am because I haven't clarified. It takes me time. But I'll set the context. The context is, and even this will help me clarify it, I'm getting tired of scrum. I'm getting tired of hearing scrum. I'm getting tired of people like putting out a new scrum guide and 8,000 individuals doing webinars on what, you know, what it means to change your team. Because now my team that may be absolutely successful, Mm -hmm. right? My team may be rocking the world using whatever they were in scrum. And because Ken Schwaber... And Jeff Sullivan decided to change it, and a bunch of pundits amplify it. Now, like they, I'm imagining people rebooting what they're doing to the new Scrum Guide without any installation guide. There is no upgrade guide for Scrum, right? There's right. no. It's like put it out. Everyone says it's the best thing since sliced bread. You need to listen to it. And then everyone walks away. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can pay me $100 or $1,000 for coaching or for a tra- new training class. And you're on your own. But you, but you suck if you don't follow Scrum, right? You, you're making it. And, and, I'm, and I'm starting to stew on this. And that Scrum is not the goal. Right. I almost, I almost want to stop myself. And I, I'm picking on myself. I've said, you know, go to the Scrum Guide. Mm-hmm. Read the Scrum Guide to clients. That's the baseline for success. Right. Maybe for a shoe team. But I think it's being misused. I, I think in the market, I, I, I'm almost, it's just wrong. Something's fundamentally wrong about to be agile, you have to follow this book. And if you deviate from the book, you're not doing Scrum. Like Ryan Ripley, you know, one of our, mm-hmm. one of our right? Ryan will get... You know, he'll, you know, what is a scrum master? They're not a, they're not a counselor, right? They're not, they're, they're not, they're not a counselor. They're a scrum master. He, he's, he's very binary in what a scrum master is and is not. But we lose the situationalness. We lose the decide what works for you. It's okay to figure it out. It's okay. Like, I think it's okay to use half scrum, right? I don't know what half someone needs to figure out. And I don't know if we need to be running around that team saying you're not making them feel bad about themselves uh, because they're not doing it. They can discover the journey on their own. Yeah. So, so this whole, I'm, I'm almost like, I I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, I I think it's run its course. If you remember XP, you were not an XPer. Correct. 
the way I was. Right. Kent Beck never... People could pick whatever the hell they wanted from XP, and no one judged them. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's another part of my context. No one made you feel better than anyone or worse than anyone. It was a personal choice. Here's a toolbox of techniques. Right. Choose them and use them. Figure out your journey. Scrum has never been that, and it's gotten worse. Kanban is sort of in that. So because Kanban's probably in the middle a little bit, mm -hmm. right? As a as a core methodology. React. You've been quiet. React to what I. You've so been I, looking, Metacasters, he's been, he's, see, something's going on in Joshville, so I can see it in his eyes. It takes a lot to get this brain working, so, like, I've got to have focused effort to okay. make it do a thing. Yeah, but there's something going on in there. You you almost look like you want to disagree with me and say, Bob, you're ignorant, you need the, to get over it. There are times where I disagree with you and times that I don't, and I'll explain both sides of that. I agree and align with some of the frustrations that I assume these folks are having where they're creating this content or saying these things because you and I have both done coaching where if they were just doing the basics, if they were just doing the scrum stuff, that's kind of hard that they bailed on because it was hard, it would be working. So it's like a coach telling you to go practice and do a thing and then you aren't better, and you come back the next month and see the coach, and the coach is like, hey, did you do those drills I told you to do? Nope. Then that's kind of shock you're not better, you know. But but I also recognize the fact that one of the major issues that you and I have had with the Agile world, and not just Scrum, is the commercialization of it and how that also creates some of the spin and frustration. So. There are parts where I'm like, yes, Bob, I buy 100% because folks are trying to do that next thing to make the next buck. But also there are times where, and I think the clarification that you threw in there was for a shoe team, start here. This is the baseline. Yes. Then start to evolve. Start to but that's figure the rare, out who you are. Yeah. I'm with you. It is a two, I, I think it's two-sided. There is this industrial complex thing of folks who are just charging. And I don't even just mean with the new version of Scrum. I mean, you know, you see it in Safe. You see it in Kanban. You see it in everything. And it's almost like, you know, you're you're getting compensated for making someone do it by the book. Mm -hmm. When that's what I guess the thing is, Josh, the very essence, and I'm looking for you, sound, you know, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. But to me, the very essence of Agile like I, I remember years ago coaching it. I remember years ago coaching and I would run into an organization and on my way out the door, I would say, I would try to leave them with like a little word of wisdom or a threat. And I'm like, if I come back here and in two years and you're doing the same damn thing right, right. that you're doing now after I leave, I will haunt you down till the day you die. <laughs> right. I said, because you missed the essence of agility, right. which is, just blindly following anything. And and I mean that to this day even, yeah. right? And that's what I and but but what that what that's what we're saying. We're like it's and it's not just we're saying that, but we're really coming we're we're jumping up on our high horse as an industrial complex and looking down our noses at those people mm -hmm. and saying that's you know, yeah, that's bad. You're not going to get good results. It's it's sort of contrary to the very essence of the manifesto and the mindset to me. And I've tolerated it for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. it's, I've been part of it. Right. And I'm not going to be perfect. I'm still going to reference for shoe teams. I'm go I'm, I know I'm still going to say and feel yeah. good about it, go to the scrum guide, try to do the basics. But at some point, I need to just, 
you know, if someone says, I don't want to do this, I want, instead of judging them yeah. or having this debate, you're, oh, you're not doing scrum. I would have high five their ass yeah. because they did something creative. They did something adaptive. They thought about it and they decided what works for them and what doesn't. But that's, that's where all of this falls apart when there's not thoughtful, intentional, continuous improvement. So as a outsider, as a pundit, as a whatever you want to be, if you just quickly read what someone's doing, if they make a post or they say something or whatever, you're like, oh, well, that's not scrum. So you're doing it wrong. Dopes. Like, no, that's not it. You dig and understand. So like, there's a great story from where I'm at right now. I, I was helping this company as a, as an agile coach and we had acquired some companies and they were doing agile a little bit different. I remember I, I sat down with the agile leader in another office and we were just like talking about, Hey, how do you do things? What's it look like? What's your sprint review look like? And she got this like sullen, fearful look and I'm like, Oh boy. Okay. This is going to be interesting. And she's like, well, you're not going to like this, but we do our sprint reviews in Slack. I'm like, oh, so you're telling me you don't like do a sprint review like everybody else does where you get in a room and you do all that stuff? And she's like, no, you know, we tried that and engagement wasn't good. So we ran an experiment and we said, let's record the videos of the demos. Let's create a Slack channel. Let's post them there. And you know what, Josh? Engagement has gone way up. There's these giant Slack threads where sales folks and support folks from all over the organization are watching the videos and asking questions about, hey, why does this work like this? Like, And it like it did the thing you want a sprint review to do, but they were not willing to accept that their sprint review was struggling because for some reason people weren't engaging. Right. So I said, okay, cool. Like my gut reaction is I don't like it just because I've never seen it, but like, let me, let's just pay attention to it for a while. And I think it's a great move because it has created a way for it to work. But I'm assuming many people would have been like, no, you do a sprint review like this and this is your template and here's the slides and you do this and here's, here's the script, go and make it so. But people weren't willing to like, let's just see, maybe there's a different, better way. What's our baggage? It's our context. Yeah. I'm not picking on Ryan. I haven't listened to his podcast, but I know Ryan really well. And his baseline, he comes to the world through Scrum. Mm -hmm. He's a PST. He has a responsibility with Scrum.org to train basic certifications. Right. He has a laser-focused view of what Scrum is and what it isn't. Right. It's incredibly binary, and it's intentionally so. Right. And I'm not saying that's bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's his job. But then what happens is when you encounter, he's human. And safe folks have the same thing. Like you have one tool. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is my metaphor. You have one tool in your mind as a pundit, as an expert. And I I resonate with your story because I've done that. I brought that baggage to play. Mm-hmm. My view is mm-hmm. scrum. My view is scrum guy. Yep. My view is my history. Yep. I've never seen a, you know, in my brain, I'm like, I've never seen a, you know, a sprint review like that. That must not work. Right. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, yeah. but I'm thinking to myself, I'm biased. My biases come into play or safe, uh, a safe pundits biases, depending on how much money you're making at it, right? Or how much funding or how much your business model is around it. It really reaffirms that. Mm-hmm. So we bring, it's hard to let that go, but we need to let it go because that, I think that's contrary to the agile mindset, right? It's we're, we're skewed. 
Where's and you? Your story is an example mm-hmm. of letting it go, and and being open to wonder, yeah. being open to wondering, be curious, and then non-judgmental. And I think that's hard for all of us to do. And some folks are, they're not even aware that they're, they're uh-huh. so judgmental, I, I don't think, because their lens is so strong. I was, uh, Carl, I forget his name, was a, a safe fellow. And I was listening to him and he was talking about coaching the organization. And he was very, he was skewed. He didn't care about teams. He cared about coaching up. And safe is very skewed towards the leadership, satisfying yeah. leaders over over serving the team, and he and we were deba- not debating, but he didn't see the need to interact with teams, and I had a counterpoint. I was yeah. like, uh, I can I'm, imagine. I'm like, I I just was incredulous, but he didn't see his blind spot. He had he had that blind spot, and I I think that's what I'm railing against. Is we have the industrial complex has a series of people. Who who have a privilege, they they're in a position of influence and power, and they and they're not aware of the blind spots they have mm-hmm. and the judgment that they. It, it's almost like this rolling wave of judgment that goes out there, and we need to stop it. You look thoughtful. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm staring off in the distance again, which Bob is reacting to. What I what I view my responsibility as, what I view a coach's responsibility as is we need to be shaping master craftspeople. You can't become a master at a craftsmanship if you only have one tool. I love where you're going with this. Now, you should probably start with one tool. You should probably just have a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just get good at hammer I love, nails. I love where you're going there. Right. And then, okay, now let's, now let's add a saw. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, cool. Now let's start planing wood. All of those things to where you can build a masterful thing, whatever it might be. But you're going to need a giant toolkit to make that. And you need to learn those tools kind of one at a time for you to get really good at it. But I think where a lot of people struggle, and because this is, to me, I understand where they're coming from because there are so many people running around with a hammer, hitting themselves in the head instead of like hitting a nail. So that's, that's a good metaphor for where, where I'm coming from. Like safe. Yeah. It is that hammer. If, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every instance right. yeah. looks like, and it's not just you're in your brain, you're wired to that. You don't even see that you're a one tool wonder. You don't see it that way. You've convinced yourself that the tool solves everything mm-hmm. and you're not, and you've closed your mind to that and you've cl- and, and that's your judgment and that's yeah. how, and you need to open that. I love the metaphor. Do you think folks end up there because it is the cash cow? It I, is the thing that gives that gives them security in their job and a continuous I think it's part of revenue the, stream. I mean, I'll use that, Ryan right. again and this is slippery slope metacasters so Please, I don't care if Lot Ryan listens to this, but I, I respect him in, immensely. But I think if you are doing something solely, like if I'm solely an SPC, right, mm-hmm. and I make you know 100 percent of my revenue as a as a you know safe SPC in training and coaching, then absolutely, I mean it's not in my best interest 
to suggest other things, right? It's not, and it's yeah. not, I'm not talking about malpractice. I'm just, my lens is so, like my rose colored, gl- my glasses are rose colored to safe. Right. That's how I see, I see everything in that lens. That's why I liked your, you know, it's not a cra- it's not a craftsman. A craftsman has many, many tools and chooses. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, there's much of a choice. Like Ryan, I know he teaches Kanban, but that so so he's doing both. It's a bit. I'm I'm hanging my example on Ryan uh, on trainers in general, uh, but their lens is so strongly skewed towards yeah Scrum, and and not just Scrum, but the the letter of the book of Scrum. Do you know what I'm? It's mm-hmm. it's because they're evaluating people. People are getting tested based on their knowledge of Scrum, what's in play and what's out. So their job is to so it's not just a hammer; it's a ball peen hammer with a five and a half inch long handle mm-hmm. right that's purple that's the tool that we use right so yeah. so even if we're doing framing and we're trying to pull out a nail and a ball peen hammer yeah. does not pull out nails we're going to try to make that sucker pull out a nail yeah right welcome to our diversity inclusion minutes i'm josh anderson bob galen here all right so we 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 both have things it's been a while that we both have stuff We've been. Uh, I've been carrying the load, baby. You have, you have. But well, you go first. You talk about it. I'm, I'm eager to hear what you're doing. Yeah. So I've got a couple things. Last episode, I got all fired up about reaching out to schools, and there's a handful of schools in North Carolina that I've worked with in the past that I'm reengaging with. But what hit me over the week since we recorded last is there's zero reason I can't expand that search nationwide. So I'm asking all of our listeners, if there's a youth group or a school that is diverse, very diverse, doesn't have certain privileges. Like one of the schools I work with is in Eastern North Carolina where it's very rural and underprivileged, underrepresented groups. That's the norm. So choosing to invest there, but that, but that can be a nationwide search. So if, if there's a group or somebody that you think would be beneficial for me slash us to reach out and help and have a, have a zoom meeting, have a discussion, have a, whatever we are there to help. And if you don't know, Josh, what in the heck would you talk to these kids about? Reach out to me. Cause I've got things I've done in the past that I would love to do again so there's zero reason, and forget nationwide, like worldwide, because I know we so have... So you, you just beat me to it. I was waiting to pounce on you. Yeah. Right? We're worldwide. Yeah. So wherever, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So so if if there's a group where you think we could do even a little bit of good, reach out to us. Most likely choice is Twitter or on our Discord. All of the contacts are below in the show notes. So please reach out. And that's kind of the big thing is is I realized I had this very narrow view that I needed to expand because there's zero reason that help can't be applied globally. So for me, it's more tactical, and I'm on board with what Josh is saying. I just ran a Cal class this past week. It ended Thursday, and I was scrambling during the registration. I had like five people registered within a week, and it was borderline. Five is like a borderline number to run the class, and I wasn't sure. 
So then I extended it to my moose herd. I put out like a, an invitation for some really heavily discounted seats there. And I have diversity and inclusion seats. And I, I, I ran out. I, I contacted a friend, a new GoPout, about that. And so then it ended up being like 13 people. So like seven people came in. The class was balanced. We had like half and half men and women, which was really blessed my heart from a mm-hmm. diversity point of view. People of color came in towards the end. So they, they were registering. So we had a, it was a really nice, diverse. We had someone from New Zealand, someone, a couple of folks from the UK. So it was ge- it was spatially diverse. It was racially diverse. It was, what am I? Oh my God! I don't know. Men and women diverse, genderly, genderly, genderly. I don't think that was the word. The word I was blanking on that. I was like, I, well, see, I'm old, so I was reaching in the yeah. brain, and it was it was yeah. coming up empty. The synapse. Yeah. So it was gender diverse. It was just it was a cool class, and and it wasn't. I'm not just. It was. It created a really powerful ecosystem. So what I saw, everyone was diversity in action. It wasn't just you know the profile of people. Mm-hmm. But having a diverse group like that, and my and my daughter contributed as well. She co-taught with me, and she brought her social work background. So mm-hmm. it was just a freaking phenomenal cool. class. So so I want to keep that up. So if you know anyone who uh, is interested in like leadership classes, agile leadership classes, have them reach out to me. We can swing a deal. Company groups, subgroups, whatever. And it's it you know it's people of color, different racial profiles. I love including women as well. So mm-hmm. whoever you got, just reach out. Don't be shy. Yeah. So the so the last thing before we get back to the episode, in the past I've referenced books and things that I was reading and how they had a profound effect on me. And last night, my wife and I watched Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max. And after that movie was over, I just like sat there. And it was, it is a worthwhile watch. And it will shake you up, inspire thought and shake you up. And last night, just and hey, easy for me to say, as a middle aged white guy, right? But it was clear to me, that we have not done enough. I have not done enough. I started running through a bajillion, yes, bajillion scenarios of like, Josh, you've got to do better. What is the thing you're going to do? So if you haven't seen that, I really do encourage you to see it. And, and I, and I do expect it will inspire you to do more. So it is helpful. We should not need those things. 100% accept that, but it it relit fire on me that had been, it was like my gas grill. Like the fire was like, the fire wasn't off, but it was turned down a little bit and that jacked it back up to, to high. So yeah. Can I let real quickly, Metacasters though, you beat yourself up a little bit. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I need to yeah. raise it and raise it, raise it. I'm actually kind of proud. I'm, I'm reflecting back on the last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not full of myself and I know we have a lot to do. But I'm proud that we just didn't talk a good game yeah. and then not continued action. So I, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of me and I'm proud of like us continuing to push. So that's yeah. so that's push, but that's also look back and yeah. high five. So Metacasters, we're gonna do a little mini high five as we as we leave this part. So back to the episode. All right. Oh, high five. It is one of those things that to me why I've struggled with this topic and why Bob sees me staring off into the distance so much is because I do understand both sides. I do understand. And this is one of those things that as I stepped into my coaching and consulting business a couple of years ago, it just became like, dang on it. Like, let's just, 
let's just do the basics. And you'll be surprised if you do the basics, what happens? Because there's so much. One of my greatest frustrations about the agile world is that agile gets blamed for so much, so many failures in organizations and so many projects. When in reality, agile wasn't the problem. If people had done scrum reasonably well, it would have worked now that to me, that involves continuous improvement. So you don't just become stagnant. You get the party started, you figure out what works, and you make it better along the way. You don't get lazy and say, oh, that's hard, we're not doing so that. So here's what I want to see. Here's yeah. what I want to hear. You inspired me a little bit and see how this resonates with you. I would stop getting all wired up if I heard Ryan Ripley, out of 100 situations, one situation say, Oh, you don't have to do ignore the scrum guide in that mm-hmm. case. If I heard him say that once out of a hundred, that's not very much. That would tell me that he's not a scrum craftsman. He's a generic agile craftsman. Carl, my SBC, the safe fellow, mm-hmm. I asked him specifically in the webinar uh, a question. I was attending a webinar with him or a, a meetup. And I asked him, when would you not use safe for scaling? And he struggled immensely answering Mm -hmm. that question, right? And it wasn't a trick question. I wasn't being an ass. It was a sincere question. Uh, Again, when would you find, when would you not use the hammer? And when would you find it? When do you need a saw? And he didn't honestly see opportunities forever for a saw. That's That's the measure that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. That says, but, but you are selling yourself as a craftsman. Do you know what? Not, but your marketing, the view of the world of you is a, is a craftsman, but you are a one tool salesperson Mm -hmm. and you're doing the world a disservice and you're doing agile. I think a disservice. I know this sounds strong, but the, the very agile mindset is not, is not that I've done that, but I've, I'm a more of a general purpose. Yeah. The other cool thing about it is not, to me, a craftsman, I wanted to hit this metaphor off of you. Sometimes you don't have the right tool. Yeah. And you have to invent a tool. You have to create a tool with your client or you have to trust the client to create their own tool. So it's not just, I want to extend that metaphor of tools in my toolbox to being able to detect that this situation, I don't have a tool for this situation. So we need to experiment. And I need to trust my client and I need to see what's going on. And that's a part of it as well. Yeah. And I think those toolbox people, right, they're always, there's not that recognition of, oh, create a tool or or, or discover mm-hmm. something, discover mm-hmm. an approach. It's like, oh, I'm going to force it. Damn it, we're going to use, we're going to yeah. use this saw in this situation. I've talked a lot. Yeah. I, You're being, go ahead. Hit me. So. I can envision a place and this is why I do what I do. So I choose to embed with teams and companies longer. I can imagine a world where if I chose to do Uh, more quick hitters, that I would just get to the point where it's like, damn it, people just do scrum. Yeah. Like just like if you're, to me, it depends on how you travel the world as an agile coach. If And I don't know Ryan's business model, but I know Ryan does a lot, right? So I can imagine Ryan talking to a lot of different people. And well, Ryan, let's, not, let's take Ryan out, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, There are folks, there's yeah. trainers and stuff. So part yeah. of the business model, part of the industrial complex right. is there's a breadth over depth. Right. 
And and you're right. Right. And and from what I've seen in the industry, so many of the struggles out there are because they're just not doing the basics, right? They they aren't doing the drills the coach gave them to do. They yep. aren't practicing their footwork. They're just and they're wondering why they aren't getting any quicker or why they're whatever. So all of those things happen. So I can which is which is why I have chosen in my career path to not go down right. that 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 chosen road because it I can imagine it frustrating me and I can imagine me not being as effective. So I've chosen to steer down the longer term path because yep. that's where I feel effective. That's where I get enthused. That's where I find joy. But I can envision a world where as a as a person that does a, a lot more quick hitters, it's just going to be like, oh, no, just do the deck on thing. Just like go do this. Right. Well, you have a small I, – I, so that's a level – that's a, uh, a layer that I hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. And you're right, and thank you for that. I still, as you were talking, I still come back to a key metric for me is for, for any of these folks. It's not about Ryan. It's, yeah. not, it's not about safe. It's about when do you not. I, I think, mm-hmm. in fact, I, I think there's a blog post probably going to pop out of me or something. <laughs> but it's like, let's strive. How do we strive as these change agents mm-hmm. to look for opportunities to suggest out of our comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? There's got to be opportunities for that. Yeah. And I and I, I don't see these people, I don't see a lot of folks doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I do see general purpose. There are these general purpose coaches. I'm one of them. Like I don't hang my hat so strongly on a methodology. Mm-hmm. I hang my hat on agile and lean principles. I, I think the problem is the minute you more firmly hang your business or hang your philosophy or hang your hat on one area, one tool, you run you run the risk of being tool centric. You run mm-hmm. the risk of of being one of this. We talked about being a one trick pony. Remember yeah. that episode? Yep. Yep. This sort of goes into that one trick pony. I think we were talking about it from a coaching point of view. Yeah. But this is from a, a serious. These people are seriously experienced, but they're choosing to use the single tool. Mm-hmm. You know, revenue is a part of it. Time with the client is a part of it. But we need to strive. Maybe a fix is is being flamboyant enough or bold enough to really force ourselves to get out of our comfort zone and say, no, you don't need to do that. Even if it's not to a client, even if it's like a, a blog post or something. Yeah. Right. And just, just sort of rewiring ourselves. I, I think there's a self-awareness aspect. I don't think folks are self-aware of how stuck they get. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So let's wrap it up with some like take home things for all of our listeners. Take home things. That's a, that's a new segment. We just created the wrap of like, okay, cool, Bob, I hear you. So what if you're a do? shoe, so if you're a shoe team, then I, as we were saying, I, I think it's good to follow whatever recipe, whether it's safe recipe, whether it's safe scrum, whether it's scrum, it's Kanban, and do it well, like do it by the book. Mm-hmm. But at some point in your journey. And I would argue early, if you are getting results, the minute you see positive results, positive outcomes, positive delivery, positive teamwork, then almost immediately start challenging yourselves to do experiments. Mm -hmm. And it's not just things like, oh, we're going to use user stories in this format or other. Try like turning off parts of Scrum Mm -hmm. and turning on parts of Scrum, like, you know, extend, I don't know, experimenting, listening to the team. 
and extending, like not having a daily stand-up, mm-hmm. right? I, I think most pundits would say that's a stupid idea. You would, I would as well. I'd come in at what, yeah. you, you know, oh, you're not getting your results. Are you doing a daily stand-up? No. That's the reason why. You suck because you're not doing a daily stand-up. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. Right? And so not triggering on things like that, but yeah. really giving yourself a license to to experiment and to try things in order to get continuous improvement. And and not get stuck on, oh, that's not scrum. In fact, look at that as a value. Like, yeah. that's not safe. Cool. It works for us. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. not scrum. Oh, darn it. It works for us. Right. Right. If it works for you and you get really good results, if you have good value and good connection with your customers and good teamwork and high quality, well, then who gives a rat's ass if you're doing Scrum or not? Yeah. Okay. So my my takeaway thing. <laughs> did I say rat's ass just now? I, I don't did. know. I did. I, I mean, you just did. Yeah. I don't know if you did before that. I did but yeah. before that. But no. yeah. yeah. That's okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Your wrap up. <laughs> Is stop. So... This should get posted on a Monday morning. The next day after you listen to this, inspect your process, what you do, the way your teams operate. Has it changed? If it hasn't, do one thing and don't do another. The thing to don't do is just like, we're going to change stuff just to change stuff. No. Sit down as a team and say, hey – we haven't changed. Why is that? We, we, there has to, like, we're a smart group of people. We have to, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's something that drives all of you bonkers that everyone here wishes was better, but you know what? We got lazy and we decided not to continuously improve those things. So let's, so pick one thing, pick one thing thoughtfully, as Bob said, thoughtfully experiment with it and see what happens. Because you may have fallen into the same trap where, hey, we're just doing scrum and that's it. And like we're, we're we followed by the book or we're doing safe. We've got the big poster on the wall and we're not going to. Yes, it is kind of harder than it should be or it's frustrating, but we're going to keep doing it because that's what the poster says. No. Investigate, discuss, thoughtfully experiment with things. Can I add one more? Please. And if you if you're a scrum shop. And you recently changed something because the Scrum Guide 2020 told you to do it or no or no longer do it. So you were doing something based on your view of Scrum from the 2017 guide mm-hmm. and you changed something for whatever reason to the 2020 guide. I want you to go back to what you... And you did it just because the 2020 guide told you to. I, I would like to encourage you to say, kiss my butt, 2020 Ooh. guide, and go back to working, doing what was working for you, whether it's scrum or not, because it was working for you. So do that analysis. I like it. So from beautiful downtown, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Oh, very. I'm Bob Dossel. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake, y'all. Take care. <laughs>